Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's Podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the two best friends that anyone could ask for, Tyler Snyder. What's up? And Cody Roadcap. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Couch GM Podcast. George, Tyler, and myself, we're three best friends. We met in college. We love talking football. We know it's the offseason, but there's still a lot to talk about. Absolutely, guys. And if you're wondering what we're going to talk about, well, I'll tell you, we're going to go over some of the biggest headlines from this past week. Uh, We're going to do some breakdowns on a few divisions on what their offseason outlook is going to be. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with a build your own team at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned. You definitely don't want to miss it. And you don't want to miss any of our content on our social media channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs. We will also be posting our Build Your Own Team debate so you guys can pick your teams as well. We'll get to that later. But first, why don't we start off with a couple of weekly headlines. And this week, the biggest headline, J.J. Watt was officially released by the Houston Texans. I see Tyler That's doing a JJ little happy Swat. dance over there. <laughs> they did create uh, the uh, passes. As deflected. long as he doesn't. They did. They did. And as long as he doesn't come back to the Titans, because they are one of the teams that are rumored to go after him. And I I can't stand it. As long as he is out of our division, it is a happy day. Let me tell you, I cannot stand watching Texans games and watching the entire game be all about J.J. Watt. It's terrible. Uh, Deshaun Watson could rush for a 75 yard touchdown. It'll be crazy. They'll be like, that was all set up by J.J. Watt. It's like, shut up. No, it wasn't. It was the offense. Like, get over it. So not having to hear his name twice a year anymore. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, well, you might get to hear him, you know, 16 times a year. Well, 17 nah, next nah, year with nah, the extended nah. game. Uh, but, you know, I, I know you don't like him, but J.J. Watt is still, in my opinion, a good player. I think he'll jump onto a team. Hopefully he doesn't go to Pittsburgh. I don't want to listen to all the media talk about all the Watt brothers for all season long. We already heard their hype train for the Pittsburghs the first 11 weeks and how how tired we got of that one. Uh, but do you guys have any early predictions on where you think he might go? I think he's going to go play with the Browns, personally. He's going to go across uh, of Miles Garrett, and it's going to be the Garrett and Watt show, and that's honestly where I believe he's going to go. That's actually my, ta- my thought, too, now. It's where I'm leaning. I originally thought Pittsburgh, and I thought all three Watt brothers would be together, but it seems to be, you know, you know, turning that one down pretty quick. So Cleveland would be be fun because then he would get to play against his brother twice a year so that'd also be one you know i know packers twitter is all about bringing jj watt home he is from wisconsin uh, i just don't think that they're going to spend the money that jj watt will uh will want in free agency because when he was released there were teams that were interested in trading for his 17 and a half million dollar salary so i still expect the man to want to get paid Absolutely, Cody. I completely agree. And yeah, there are rumors of him going to the Titans as well. Uh, We do know that he played for years um, in Houston when Mike Vrabel was the defensive coordinator. So he has some ties there. Um, When J.J. Watt started the whole campaign for the Houston Hurricane Relief, um, the Titans owner, Amy Adam Strunk, did donate a million dollars to his relief. And uh, they've been close ever since. So there is a lot of ties between them. But uh, fingers crossed he stays out of the AFC South. Man, I just, I just can't believe how – I know you don't like the player, but how you don't want your team if can improve by getting a talented piece, especially along the defensive line, which pass rush has been one of your weaknesses the last few seasons, how you can't put your hate for a player aside. Like, I know you're not a big fan of Richard Sherman either, 
but like Richard Sherman's like a guy I would love on a one-year contract for the Packers. He would fill a need. He's still talented. He's a veteran. And ex- so it blows my mind that you can't put that aside for your team, but that's all I'll say about that. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. So yes, I don't like him and I don't want to see him on the Titans because of the fact that I don't like him. But putting that aside, the cap space is going to be even less this year. Uh, the Titans are already going to be struggling with cap space because of the fact that all four of our tight ends are up for re-signing. Uh, we got Corey Davis. We need that whole defensive line. Um, there are so many linebackers, corners, everything that need re-signed after the season. We're not going to have the cap space to bring in too many big-name free agents. And in the past, we have gone after guys who are – um, older, older vets who were hoping that will play like they used to in their prime. And it just hasn't worked for us. It's never been the right fit for the Titans. I think we need someone uh, young, someone to really add some energy to the team, uh, somebody that we can groom ourselves and bring up from the top because bringing in the old vets has never worked for our pass rush. I can respect that. You know, speaking of defense alignment that are on the move, the Panthers have released K1 short, You know, he was pretty dominant for a couple years, nowhere on the level of J.J. Watt, uh, but he was there for quite a while, and I do expect him to get some interest uh, moving forward. He could be a guy that signs a one-year deal for a championship team. Like, he might go to the Chiefs and line up next to Chris Jones, or he might go to the Bills and play in there, you know, just with Sean McDermott, just hopping onto a team that's already competing, chasing a ring. So we'll see how that one plays out. But guys, more importantly, we got kicker news, and kicker news is exciting. I love it. George, I see you laughing, but you know it's true. The Dolphins extend. I I am the biggest advocate for kicker news. (laughs) Well, because your team does not have very good success with kickers since they moved on from David Akers, but that's a different topic. But Jason Sanders signed for five years, $22 million, became one of the highest paid kickers in the league. And after the season he put up, he definitely deserved that contract. What are your guys' thoughts? Well, it's not just the season that he put up. It's the season that kickers put up the last two, three years. I mean, yes, it has been for years that you almost laugh at the kicker position. You're like, oh, my gosh, it doesn't matter at all. Who cares? And these guys don't deserve the money. But after seeing the way that kickers have been these last few years where they're lucky to make an extra point 50% of the time. It's hard to find a good, consistent kicker for a lot of these teams. I think the guys that are consistent and do have the leg to get it done, like Jason Sanders does, especially with him being able to make the longer field goals too, uh, he definitely deserves that money. I think it's a smart, smart sign by the team. Well, yeah, you mentioned how kickers have just fallen apart lately. So when you find a good one, you have to keep it. But I just kind of worry that it's a flash in the pan as well, because we've seen plenty of situations where a kicker has one fantastic year and then comes back the next year. And it's like he forgot how to kick. He got the yips or whatever. I mean, it's the same thing that happened with the Eagles and multiple times, really, since David Akers, since you mentioned how the Eagles just haven't had any kicker success since David Akers. They had Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey was fantastic at the beginning. Then he goes and hands him a playoff game by doinking, and he hasn't been able to stop hitting up right since. So it kind of scares me that five years is a long time. They might have to eat some of that money if he starts to turn it backwards. But he's been fantastic, and he did deserve that contract, yes. And then the last piece of news uh, for this week is more of just a fun story. Uh, But former Jets and Patriots wide receiver Chris Hogan is now playing professional lacrosse. I know uh, Bill Belichick has always been into, you know, recruiting lacrosse players to play slot receiver. 
uh, well, after his NFL career, he is going back to the cross. So I thought that was a pretty fun, interesting story. Chris Hogan had some big playoff moments for the Patriots, but I don't really want to talk about the Patriots playoff success of the last couple of years because uh, it still haunts me. All right, guys. Well, that is it for the weekly highlights. So let's go ahead and move on to our breakdown. Uh, We're going to go with a few divisions every week. Uh, This week, we're going to start it off with the AFC North. We're going to go through the teams in the AFC North. We're going to go through what their cap space is, who they're losing, uh, what their needs are in free agency, and maybe even make some predictions for the team. So let's just go ahead and start it off with uh, you know, I was going to say one of the most disappointing teams in this division, but a lot of these teams were disappointing for different reasons. So we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they did make that great comeback midseason. It was starting to look like they weren't even going to make the playoffs. They ended up going on a win streak, making the playoffs. They beat the Titans. Don't want to talk about it. First round of the playoffs and then go on to lose to the Bills. Um, Cody, why don't you tell us about some of the notable free agents that are coming off of the Baltimore Ravens team. Sure thing. And if you are listening at home uh, on a podcast, I'll read them to you. But if you're on YouTube or you want to check us out on YouTube, we will have all the information on the screen. But the notable free agents for the Ravens would be Matt Judon, the outside linebacker. Now he was franchise tagged last year. We'll see if they try to tag and sign him or tag him for a second year in a row. Also on the defensive side of the ball, they have Yannick Ngakwe, who they acquired via trade from the Minnesota Vikings, plus some offensive pieces like Willie Sneed, Mark Ingram, Matt Sakura, and then, of course, uh, Dez didn't catch it. Bryant, don't come at me. It's the truth. Uh, Are all free agents. And then lastly, uh, Gus Edwards, the Gus Bus, is a restricted free agent, so that one's pretty certain that he should be back unless some team blows him away with a huge contract. Well, let me actually start off by asking you guys – Mark Ingram. So he is definitely not coming back to the Baltimore Ravens. We saw him as a healthy scratch. Um, We've seen that he has been one of the more exciting running backs of our generation. Um, Mostly with the Saints, he did come to the Ravens last year and looked really good. This year, he just didn't seem to have it as much. Do you guys think that Mark Ingram's career is basically done and he'll be pretty much just a backup? Or do you think he can go somewhere and actually start? I feel like he's going to turn this part of his career into almost like what Frank Gore did for the last how many years. He's going to go somewhere where maybe he's drafting a rookie and needs a little bit of a stopgap. He'll be a little bit of a mentor. He can be a solid guy for a team that's very desperate, but he's not going to be a long-term option. He'll probably stick around a few more years, especially if he's not being used, and he basically got a year off this year. He had a couple carries at the beginning of the season, but he was a healthy scratch most of the second half of the year. So I think he's still going to be effective. He's still appears to be a good running back, but he's probably just going to bounce around to some teams that are running back needy. Maybe he'll jump on a ship like LaShawn McCoy in a few years and try to win a Super Bowl, or maybe he'll do it now. But I think he can still be effective. He's just probably not a bell cow starting running back anymore. Yeah, I would agree. I think his days of being the number one running back are, are over, but I definitely see him as a committee piece. You know, you mentioned LaShawn McCoy. He went to the Chiefs and Bucks and have now gotten two rings. Uh, maybe he hops on board with the Chiefs, pair him with a guy like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, he's a really good hype man. We saw that uh, two years ago for Lamar Jackson and his MVP c- campaign. A guy that can catch the ball uh, for his size and then can still do some goal line work. Uh, so maybe a few carries. And if you play for Andy Reid, you know, the running backs are only getting 15 carries a game between all four of them. So, you know, he'll stay fresh. 
Um, but, you know, the big one for me I think no one's going to talk about is Willie Sneed, the wide receiver. I'm not sure if they'll bring him back. I mean, the team desperately needs a wide receiver. But he was also Lamar's, like, security blanket uh, the second half of the season. Uh, so I'm interested to see how they prioritize him. They do have a decent number, almost $30 million in cap space to spend, which is pretty good for, compared to a lot of teams this season. But outside of you know, the Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe, there's not too many big names, uh, but I think some guys like Willie Sneed and Matt Secure are some interesting ones to keep an eye on that could be pieces that you don't want to see leave that end up getting better opportunities elsewhere. Well, I'm not entirely convinced that they want to keep Skura, though, because Skura, there was a lot of center problems for the Ravens this year. There were so many bad snaps. I think they're probably going to try to go elsewhere in the interior offensive line, and they could use that cap space to do so, or maybe a draft pick. I know they don't have a high draft pick, but possibly end of the first round or sometime in the second round, go for a center. Um, And for wide receivers, I honestly think they need a home run hit number one guy to go along with Hollywood Brown. So, I mean, I get Willie Sneed was a big piece for that. Maybe they bring him back on a veteran, like, you know, low money deal because he hasn't really been fantastic, but He's not even really their security blanket because they have Mark Andrews there who's been the security blanket. So I disagree with you, George, a little bit there. I don't think they should bring him back on just a one year deal. And yeah, I know he has been their security blanket uh, this past year, but I think someone like Willie Sneed needs to go. I do think that they have the good receivers they need. They have Hollywood Brown. They have Devin DuVarnay, the uh, rookie from this year. And I could even see him drafting another guy. What I think they need to do is go out and get a good, solid veteran receiver to really coach these guys up. And, uh, you know, this is just hinting at our next team that we'll talk about, but I think they would really benefit from getting a guy like AJ Green, somebody who's been around the league, someone who's been a clear number one. He knows how to play the position well, and he could really help coach these young guys up. And I I still think he could play to an ability uh, that would help Lamar Jackson because, I mean, you know the way I feel about him, but I don't feel like he can throw deep. And A.J. Brown might or A.J. Green might not have the speed that he used to have, but he is still a physical receiver that could run those short routes that uh, Lamar Jackson likes to throw. So I think going after a guy like that would really shore up this offense a lot. I do know A.J. Green has a history of putting up at least 200 yards in Baltimore, so they can get that uh, resurgence on a weekly basis. I'm sure the fans will take it. Uh, like you mentioned, though, the Ravens, they're a pretty decent team. I don't think they're you know headed towards a rebuild or anything like that. They are picking late in the draft for a reason. They're a good team. Uh, but their offseason will definitely be an interest, interesting one. But let's just move on to those Cincinnati Bengals who are obviously hoping to get Joe Burrow back after his late-season ACL tear. You already mentioned A.J. Green's a free agent. They're also going to pro- most likely lose John Ross to free agency. And their third or fifth string or sixth string wide receiver, I can't remember off the top of my head, but Alex Arison is also a free agent, but he's also their special teams ace. A lot of wide receiver losses there, along with guys like Sean Williams and Carl Lawson, some key names on their defense. But they do have one of the highest available cap numbers this year, one of the top five at $45 million. This team could be making some big moves. What are your thoughts, uh, Cincinnati Bengals? What do you think they need to do to get back to the promised land? This team excites me a lot, honestly, because you have the young stud in Joe Burrow. And even though they're losing a lot of wide receivers, you still got Tyler Boyd in the mix. You still got T. Higgins, who was a high draft pick this year. So there's still weapons around him, and you can just build on that even more. 
Joe Mixon barely played this year. I feel like he played the first half of the season then was out. He's still a formidable force at running back. The offense looks like it could be good. You could just add a little piece or two here, especially with the fifth pick. You never know where they're going to go because they're not going quarterback. They could either take an offensive lineman and try to sure up some protection for Burrow, which is needed because he was sacked so much. Or you could get him another weapon at wide receiver and really stack yourself there. This team is exciting. It's young. It's building. And I think it's getting close to the end of its rebuild as long as Burrow comes back healthy and plays like he did this year. I think they could use a couple pieces on that offensive line. Um, but honestly, like you said, they do have two good young receivers already. Um, they could go out and draft another one. They do have a high draft pick. But I think these guys would really benefit from going out and getting a young stud tight end. Like, I mean, it might be a little biased because of my fandom here, but like a Janu Smith, the guy is fast. He has hands and he can block. I think having that security blanket, um, with all that talent, the ability to make big plays um, for Joe Burrow could really, really help him out and really help him excel to the next level. Um, otherwise, I honestly think that most of their uh, focus should be on the defense. I think Joe Burrow, when he's in there, is electric enough to get it done on offense that if they can get a couple more playmakers on defense, this could be a really good team. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the tight ends. I was actually, you know... I'm We'll talk about it all in a few weeks when we do our full free agency preview. Uh, but Hunter Henry is one of the guys I think would make a lot of sense for Cincinnati. Uh, so definitely agree with you on the call of tight end. Uh, one other guy that is a free agent, which I don't think there's a huge market for him, but is Brandon Allen. Um, and if Joe Burrow's not ready, do you think that they would you know, just bring back Allen on a cheap deal? Do you think they might go for you know, maybe a Ryan Fitzpatrick type player if you know, it's going to be four to six weeks for Joe Burrow. I know this team's probably not competing. They're probably still a year away from truly competing. So what are your guys' thoughts on the whole quarterback situation outlook if Joe Burrow's not ready to play come week one? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the competing thing because I think that's going to determine a lot of what they do. Um, if they think they can compete this year, they probably go out for someone like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone with a little bit more experience that can you know, lead them for a few weeks if needed, and then is a solid fill-in that could win them some games if Burrow happens to get hurt again, as opposed to if they think they're a year away, they're probably going to take the discount, go with Brandon Allen, and, you know, just roll with that and see if they can either develop him into something more or just save the money that way and use it elsewhere as for some, you know, younger talent they can keep working into the system. Yeah, I personally think that they're a year away, so I think it would be in their best interest to not spend the money and go for a bigger backup quarterback uh even if they do have to slot in brandon allen for the first two to four weeks or so um i think it is in their best interest i don't think they're going to be making a push for the super bowl this year especially with uh you know the steelers are still looking tough uh the ravens are always going to be competing uh as long as they have that big team the browns obviously look like one of the better teams in the afc now it's such a tough division um so i think it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs in general take the discount go with Brandon Allen. Um, but to go with one of my guys that I'm actually interested in, and it's probably just because he set the 40 record before even entering the league. But John Ross, I mean, the guy has been so much hype coming into the league with all that speed, former first round pick. And he didn't really play much as rookie year, but his sophomore season, we did see some flashes out of him. Uh, they didn't play him very often. But when they did, man, he was exciting and he got some good big catches, uh, some deep balls, made some great cuts. And 
he looked like he was going to be a promising young receiver and nothing ever happened. Uh, do you guys think that was just a product of the team and he can go somewhere else and excel? Or do you think that he really is just a bust? I don't, I don't think he's a bust. I just think he has a problem staying healthy. I think if he can get that under control, you know, maybe a different training staff can work with his hamstrings to, you know, monitor them or something, you know, similar to a guy opposite side of the ball. But, you know, Casey Hayward, he was a promising cornerback when he was drafted by the Packers, but he kept getting hurt. He then moved on to San Diego at the time, which is now Los Angeles. He's still there. And he's one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the league because he changed the scenery. He was able to stay healthy. I'm not saying John Ross is probably ever going to be a top 10 wide receiver because I think his skill set limits him to certain type of routes. I don't think he's ever going to get, you know, 10 targets a game. But he could definitely be a guy that can compete. You know, a team like Oakland that loves speed, or sorry, Las Vegas, still growing on me, but that loves speed makes a ton <laughs> of sense for him. Even a guy, you know, because you see what the Packers do with like MVS and we see, you know, he, Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill is a completely different animal, but a guy that can just take the top off, you know, takes the safety with you for the underneath routes. I definitely think John Ross will get an opportunity to, to rebound, especially after last season when he started off so strong. Like he was like a wide receiver one or two in fantasy. I know all the fantasy nerds out there were like, I need to get John Ross, which is crazy to think, especially how little he played uh, the second half of the season. If he can get healthy, I like John Ross still. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Man, if he took a cheap deal and went to the Chiefs, that would look like one of my Madden teams right there. Miko Hardman, Tyree Kill, John Ross, all in the field at the same time. Let all of them go deep. Safety can't cover all of them. They're going to beat their guys. Oh, man, that, that sounds like my Madden teams right there. That you don't take a player that's under or over, or sorry, under 95 speed. That's like your cutoff. If it's oh, absolutely under 95 not, no. speed, even your offensive lineman. I don't understand it, but it it works for you. <laughs> Speed wins championships. If you play against this guy in Madden, make sure you uh, make your defense all speed. But anyway, let's see what the uh, Bengals do in the offseason. We'll see where John Ross lands later. They do have a lot of cap space with $45.6 million, so they have a chance to make some moves if they want to. But sticking with that division, we talked about the Cleveland Browns a little bit. Let's jump over to them. They are right on the cusp, I think. And they don't really have that many people they're losing as well. They have Olivier Vernon, the outside linebacker. He's a free agent, as well as Kevin Johnson, Carl Joseph, BJ Goodson. That's a couple pieces on the defense, but I'm sure they would retain some of those with their cap space. And wide receiver, they're losing Rashard Higgins. But they're getting OBJ back, and I don't know if they want to retain Higgins or if they're going to look for someone else to fill in there. Wide receiver is a little bit of a need for them. What do you guys think they're going to do there in the offseason? You know, I think they're going to focus more on the defensive side of the ball. I think they like their pieces. You mentioned they're going to get OBJ back. Higgins is interesting to me. I don't think, you know, there's going to be a team who's like desperately trying to side Rashard Higgins. They could probably get him back pretty cheap. But Donovan Peoples-Jones looked pretty good at the end of the season to fill in that wide receiver three role. But Higgins and Mayfield do have a connection. So that one is one of the moves I'm interested about. But like you mentioned, you know, they don't have a lot of pieces. I expect them to, you know, target corners uh, early in the draft. And we talked about at the top, though, but, you know, J.J. Watt is currently the betting favorite to land in Cleveland. So that would be a huge addition to that defense lined up with Miles Garrett. I do expect them to let Olivier Vernon go. 
uh, just because of Miles Garrett and some of the other young pieces they have. And he's been not that great since he's been to Cleveland. He's another guy that could use a change of scenery. Uh, but this team, you know, they got Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Baker Mayfield seems to turn a corner. I'm excited to see how he'll look next season with OBJ. You know, he looked a lot better without him, which is crazy to think you lose uh, an all-star wide receiver and Odell Beckham goes down and your offense gets better. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But just looking strictly at the offseason, this team is, I think they exceeded expectations this year. Uh, so they're they're playing pretty much with house money. Uh, one big offseason, and they could definitely be the top team in this division, if not a top three team in the AFC. Yeah, guys, and another position that we should really look at for the Browns is tight end. Um, I know that sounds kind of weird because of the fact that they have so many tight ends, but at the same time, I'm not talking about going out and getting a tight end or having to re-sign a tight end. I would not be surprised to see them trading a David Njoku. Uh, they did have Harrison Bryant, the rookie. He played pretty well. Um they do have Austin Hooper, who was one of their big free agent acquisitions this last offseason. Njoku did have some big plays in the second half of the season. He had an injury in the first half. Um, but he also wasn't real happy about being there. He didn't really like being uh, number three in the depth chart. And I don't blame him for being a very talented pass-catching tight end who was a former first-round pick. He definitely should be more utilized on a team than what the Browns are using. So I could really see the Browns trading Njoku. I think Njoku would be a huge get for any team that could go after him that is needing a tight end right now. And I think the Browns could get some good pieces back for him. They might get some more draft capital. And, you know, I really think they also need to shore up their depth at wide receiver. I know we talked about OBJ, uh, Peoples-Jones. They do still have Jarvis Landry, but... Um, Baker did play better when OBJ went down, but at the same time, it was receivers we've never heard of that had to step up to be able for him to do that. Jarvis Landry can't handle all of it. Uh, Peoples Jones was a rookie. He wasn't fully there yet. I'd like to see them go out and get one more guy that they could rely on in case there is an injury. OBJ and Landry are both up there in age. Uh, so there's always that chance that they could get injured during the season. I'd love to get, see him get a little bit more depth. Someone better than Rashard Higgins, in my opinion. So it seems like we're all in consensus of, even though most of their free agents are on the defensive side, especially if they land J.J. Watt, the defense shouldn't be too much of a problem for them. We're worried about them shoring up a little bit of depth on offense, maybe getting another big stud who's maybe more consistent than an OBJ. I mean, I've been one of the more critical on OBJ lately because he doesn't seem to be as good as he was in New York, but that seems to be the consensus here on the Browns. I do think they need a little bit more defense. I think that... um, Olivier Vernon isn't isn't what he used to be, which is crazy because when he was on free agency and originally went to the Browns, it was like he was the consensus number one free agent. He was exciting. Everybody wanted him. Um, I do think that the Browns do need some defensive pieces to step up and get to the next level, especially if they want to be a true Super Bowl contender. I'm just an offensive minded person, so that's always where my mind goes first. Yeah, I think I think most fans are offensive minded. I think that's why the NFL tries to make the rules go favor the offense. Uh, But, you know, a team that's been traditionally built on defense, uh, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers who lost to the Cleveland Browns uh, in the playoffs this season. They're probably the worst off in this division. You know, they have – they need to clear $14 million of cap space uh, just to get under the projected number. Now, the number is not official yet. It is just a projection 
uh, that hopefully we get some more clarity on what the actual salary cap is in the next coming weeks. And they have a lot of big pieces on defense and offense are pending free agents, guys like Bud Dupree, Avery Williamson, who led the league in tackles on offense, Alejandro Villanueva, a key left tackle for them. Juju Smith-Schuster, the TikToker himself, is a free agent. And cornerbacks that stepped up big time, Mike Hilton and Cameron Sutton, plus everyone's fan favorite and James Conner, are all pending free agents. And they also lost Marquise Pouncey to retirement. Uh, so congrats on him. He had a great career. The Steelers have a lot of work to do. I know Big Ben is going to be a big piece. Last week's prediction show, we all said we expect Big Ben to be back. There were some reports today that weren't promising that the Steelers might even want him back. He does have a huge cap number at $41.25 million this year, so they're definitely going to need to do some work there. Uh, but, you know, it's the Pittsburgh has come a long way since that 11-0 start. I'm not saying they're starting 0-11 next year. Uh, but next year could definitely be a, a down year for him. Well, you're talking about Big Ben, they might not want him back. And you're also talking about his big cap hit. So I don't know if they have an out. Like their best out to try to get under the cap might be to hold Ben for another year, redo his contract like he's open to doing to try to knock that cap hit down. And after that year, then obviously you're trying to move on. So you try to find a rookie or somebody that can step in in a year now. So you're not scrambling later. I feel like that's going to have to be their out. But when it comes to missing so many key pieces on offense and defense and being in the hole in the projected cap, that scares me. We knew this team was pretty good last year, but in trouble in the future. And I think it just looks even worse. The closer you get to free agency. Yeah, guys, I really don't think that Dwayne Haskins is going to take over as the starting quarterback. They don't have the draft pick to get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Um, there are some free agent quarterbacks going on the market, but I don't see Pittsburgh with that cap hit for Big Ben going after one of them. So like George said, I think their only real option is to keep Big Ben one more year. Um if they really think that they're going to make a run this year, you might as well stick with the veteran who knows the team, knows the offense, and can get you there and give him one last shot. And if you don't think that you can get it done, then there's really no point in taking the cap hit and going after some other free agent or anything anyway. So I think they're going to keep Big Ben. Um, they might not love it, um, but I think it's really their only option. Um, moving on to another free agent piece for the Steelers, though, I think James Conner is going to be back. He might not be back at a big deal, maybe not even a long-term deal, but he is just such a fan favorite there in Pittsburgh, not only by the fans, but by the team itself too. And, you know, he still got it done when healthy. He just had some health issues this year. I think James Conner is definitely going to be back. And I definitely think he will be the running back for the Steelers next year. Interesting. I actually don't think James Conner will be back. I think, you know, he's still a talented running back. He'll still require some contract. And they just seem like a team that's not going to pay a running back. They'll just draft another guy, and then they'll wait in four years and draft another guy. That just seems like their model. I do want to clarify, you know, Big Ben does have a $41 million cap hit, but they would save $19 million by cutting him. It would still carry a $22 million dead cap. Uh, but just cutting him outright would actually get them under the cap. So it is a possibility uh, there, but – like we all talked about last week's show, I think we all do see Big Ben being back in some capacity, him taking some sort of pay reduction. 
I think is definitely on the line. The one more interesting to me is Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't see how they can physically bring him back because I think some team is going to throw a huge contract at this guy. Not It's up to you if you think he's worth it. I tend to believe Juju Smithers, Juju Smith-Schuster, well, I keep stumbling over his name, uh, but I tend to think he is a really good number two wide receiver, but he can't be the number one. Uh, and again, I think, you know, a team like the Jets, you have a ton of cap space or a team like Las Vegas, who just loves speed. And I feel like Juju Smith-Schuster is a John Gruden guy. Uh, I don't think he'll be back, uh, but I think that'll definitely play a big part into whether Claypool can continue his growth. Will he be able to step into a number one receiver role, or is he going to be another Juju Smith-Schuster who is another guy that needs someone else to take away the pressure? Uh, so that this whole wide receiver room, offense, defense, there's a lot of questions there in Pittsburgh. I tended to lean towards disagreeing with you about Juju leaving when you were talking about earlier in the season, but once you see the emergence of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and even DeAndre Washington... I tend to think he's not coming back too. And there's going to be a lot of interesting wide receiver two ish guys on the market with like Juju and Corey Davis that we'll talk about later when we get to the Titans um, that are out there that are going to be interesting to see where they fall in free agency and how much money they get paid. Absolutely, guys. He's definitely a person to keep an eye on. Uh, we do need to keep this show moving along, so we will move on to the next team soon. But before we do, I just want to show some love to somebody that we really the league doesn't really focus on, and that is. Avery Williamson. Again, this might be some bias because he used to be a Titan, but the guy was a fifth round draft pick for the Titans and he became a team captain that season. He became a leader. He became the guy on the defense uh, with the mic in his helmet that quickly after being a fifth round pick and led the Titans in tackles numerous seasons. He then went on to the Jets and led the Jets in tackles numerous seasons. Um, he did get hurt one year towards ACL, was out for the whole season. Um, but now he moves on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and leads the league in tackles. Like this guy is an absolute animal at linebacker. He's not going to be your guy that's getting a ton of sacks and force fumbles, but he is such a consistent linebacker getting plenty of tackles every single game. Um, he is definitely, he should demand money from any team he goes to. And I'm excited to see what he's got next on his plate. Uh, but like I said, we got to keep this moving ahead. So let's go ahead and move on to the AFC East now. And let's talk about one of George and I's favorite teams from this season. And that is the Buffalo Bills. They are entering uh, with a projected cap space of only $3.8 million. Not a lot of wiggle room there. Um, Cody, why don't you go ahead and take us through their notable free agents? Yeah, so, you know, the Bills are in a pretty good spot. Uh, not too many huge people up for free agency this year. Uh, guys like Trent Murphy, who's been around the league for a while, he is a free agent. Tight end Tyler Croft. Josh Norman, who's still recovering from that Derrick Henry stiff arm. He's a free Always agent. We'll, we'll see if he recovers in time for free agency to start. Uh, John Feliciano and Daryl Williams are probably their two biggest names along the offensive line. And then Matt Milano is probably their biggest name on defense. These guys, they they're at least in the positive uh, there's no free agents, I think, that they have to resign on, from this list. I think that they can move on from pretty much any of them and still be successful. I think the bigger question for this offseason for the Buffalo Bills is, do they get a deal done with Josh Allen, and how can they manipulate the cap to make it fit within that $3.8 million? 
Yeah, guys, I absolutely think they should get a deal done with Josh Allen. He has definitely proven that he should be their franchise guy. He has the talent with his arm. He has the talent with his legs. And he's really come leaps and bounds from his rookie season and looks good. Uh, But, Cody, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't really think there's anybody on this pending free agent list that is like, oh, no, they can't lose him. All of these guys are replaceable either through free agency on cheaper guys or through the draft. Um I think they are in such a good spot, even with the 30th draft pick and only $3.8 million in cap space. I still think that they are looking real good for next season. They should be able to get a couple pieces with that money and with the draft to be able to help them next season. And I think the Bills are just going to continue to be one of the most dangerous teams in the league. Like, I mean, Cody said Matt Milano was probably their biggest free agent. I'm just going to go ahead and reciprocate that and say, yeah, I think he is. He'd be the one person I would want to bring back out of that list because he's a reliable tackler and he's a force on that defense. But they have so many pieces, especially in the front seven, that I really don't think they would miss it. But I think it'd be a good person they'd want to bring back. But they're going to be around for a long time. I don't think there's actually too much to talk about despite their low cap space. So Why don't we actually move on then to another team in this division? And that would be the Miami Dolphins, who we know are in fantastic shape. But Cody, do you want to like take two seconds to read the few guys they have? They're going to be losing to free agency. Sure, I'll take two seconds. They their key names are uh, Fitzmagic. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a free agent. Their center, Ted Karras, will be a free agent. And then I just want to put a third guy on the list and give a shout out to Matt Breida. He'll be a free agent. A lot of more free agents are on this team. Uh, just none of them are noteworthy. They have a lot of cap, 35.6 mil. They got two first-round draft picks. Thanks, Houston, uh, for giving up a top three pick for a left tackle who isn't that good that then you overpaid. But that's another debate for another day. Miami is in a great spot. They have a big question at quarterback if they, guys, if they really do trust Tua. I know some of us... Our big Tua fans here, some of us think they might actually take a quarterback with that number three spot. I can't give you much outlook on potential free agent resigns. Maybe Ted Karras, just to keep the offensive line uh, intact. But again, that might be their only guy. I think it's just all about either deciding if it's Tua your guy or if you're going to get a new quarterback. And if Tua is your guy, you need to get him some help at running back or wide receiver. Absolutely, Cody. Uh, They're such a strong team. They have the cap space. They have the draft picks. Uh, Miami is going to be another one of the tougher teams in the league next year. Uh, The beautiful thing is their defense won them games last year. Even when Tua wasn't good enough to get it done, their defense stepped up and did it for them. It was one of the most dangerous defenses in the league at one point. So the nice thing is you don't have that many things you need to do for the defense, you can focus on just one side of the ball, and that is the offense. Uh, but first and foremost, the most important person on the offense and arguably most important person on the team is that quarterback. So you need to decide if you're going to build around Tua or if you're going to go ahead and make a move. I think if they can trade a Tua and a first-round pick for a Deshaun Watson like we discussed on our previous show, I think it's a great move. They should go out and do it. That is a top-level quarterback that will really make him a Super Bowl contender. But if you're not going to go out and get a guy like that, use your third overall pick to get a bigger piece for your offense and use that cap space to get some of the bigger free agents and just build up around Tua. Again, that defense is good enough to keep it a low-scoring game. You don't need much out of Tua, so just give them the pieces around to succeed, and I think they're going to be dangerous with what they got. 
I kind of feel like they have to put some kind of faith into it because of how quick, how early they took him and how much hype there was with him coming out of college. We've talked a lot about where Fitzpatrick could land because he is a free agent, but like he could actually stay there. They could keep the whole Tua Fitzpatrick thing together for another year if they're not completely ingrained in Tua and they're going to let Tua start. And if for whatever reason he starts to tank, you bring in Fitzpatrick, you try to salvage a playoff run out of him because we know he has the talent after he led him so well last year. And I mean, that would be a stopgap quarterback for them to then find someone else after. I would not be shocked if they tried to make a run at Watson again. And I think that would be a good move, like you said. But I could see Fitzpatrick staying and they keep the two of Fitzpatrick thing going on for another year. Interesting. I'm just curious, as an Eagles fan, you don't think that'll, you know, stunt his growth. You know, we talk about all the time what I mean, we don't have any insight knowledge on this, but the personal and the mental aspect that affected Carson Wentz with constantly having Nick Foles be his backup. Now, granted, Fitzpatrick didn't win him a Super Bowl. I understand that. But, you know, Tua got pulled two or three times for Fitzpatrick. Does Fitzpatrick even want to play for a team that has constantly put in to save them, but they won't just let him start? Definitely an interesting dynamic there. I do expect them to move on uh, from Fitzpatrick, and I agree they should stick with Tua. They sh- and they probably should even trade down from three. I'm sure a team will want to come up for a quarterback, get multiple picks. They can still get a receiver in the back half of the top ten for a team coming up. Miami has is one of the brighter outlooks in the AFC. Uh, I, I'm a huge Brian Flores fan. I think if the Dolphins made the playoffs, he was the coach of the year. Uh, they didn't, so Kevin Stefanski definitely earned it. But Dolphins have me excited, uh, which is something I don't think I ever thought I would say in my lifetime after uh, how bad they've been. But having the Dolphins uh, be competitive and a good team uh, is kind of fun for the NFL. Having that division with not just the Patriots being good is make is better for the NFL because for years it's just been the Patriots were the best team in that division so the rest of the division didn't even matter um and in fact the Patriots were pretty much the only team in the AFC that even mattered now there's so many good AFC teams and this division alone I mean you're always going to have the Patriots in the back of your mind as being a potential contender as long as they have Bill Belichick and now the Dolphins and Bills both looking good it's just good for the NFL all around not having that singular dominant team uh, that is just running the league. Um, and speaking of the Patriots, why don't we go just go ahead and move on to them? They are one of the more interesting teams. They have $68.67 million in projected cap space. A lot of wiggle room there to go get some big pieces. On top of that, um, they do have some big pieces they might need to resign, though. They have Jason McCourty, the corner, uh, James White, the running back. He has been a big piece for them for years, uh, as well as Rex Burkhead, the other running back. Uh, Cam Newton, that's a big one. Is he going to come back to the Patriots? Likely not. Is he going to retire? Possibly. Who's going to actually take a chance on Cam Newton? Um, There's definitely even more guys than that. The Patriots, they're going to have a big offseason, guys. They're usually known for building through the draft, but they're going to have to make some free agent moves this year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you know two names also to look out for is along the offensive line. The Patriots love to build through the offensive line, but guard Joe Tooney, and center David Andrews are both free agents. I do expect at least one, if not both of them, to get re-signed. But you're right. I think quarterback is the biggest question. They pick 15. Is that too late in the draft to get a quarterback? Are they going to have to move up? Are they going to be a guy that's going to, you know, I don't think they'll ever get the Jets to trade them Sam Darnold if they decide to go Fields or uh, 
fields are Wilson at the top of the draft. So I think he's ruled out, you know, maybe if the Panthers are hot right now in the Deshaun Watson rumor, maybe they, they go for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater seems so much like a Patriots quarterback. George, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo on last week's show. Quarterback for me is the big question for the New England Patriots, and then everything else will fall into place. Uh, they have a lot of pieces that need to be resigned, but also remember last year they had the most opt out opt outs because of COVID. So got some players coming back from that as well. I don't think it'll be too long before the Patriots are back in the playoffs and hopefully not winning Super Bowls because I just can't handle too many more Patriots Super Bowls in my lifetime. Uh, but they definitely could be. Um, maybe not next year unless they hit a home run at the quarterback position. Well, I mean, you say they like to build through the draft, and that's totally true. But they could totally use that cap space to go out there and make a big trade because we've they've been known for trading for some of these names that are absolutely ridiculous, too. They did it for Antonio Brown and many, many people before that. And they're always like, how do they keep fleecing teams on these trades? So you could like ruling out. There's no ruling out trades for quarterbacks, especially because they've never been in the situation of needing a quarterback either. They still went and took a splash name last year in Cam Newton. It just didn't work out because Cam Newton's shoulder is completely shot. But I would not be shocked to see him get Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Sam Darnold is kind of out of the question, I think. Carson Wentz even. Kirk Cousins has been talked about being on the move. Who knows if they sweep in for that? And if they get a quarterback with all the opt-outs coming back and all the cap space, I would not be shocked to see them make a run again really quickly. Yeah, George. And you know what? You mentioned Sam Darnold. That is one guy that we are expecting to be on the move this offseason because it just makes sense for the Jets to go after a quarterback with that uh, early pick. So let's go ahead and move on to the Jets. You know what? We haven't spent more than a minute on the Jets all season long talking about them. So let's spend a solid minute and a half talking about the Jets and you know what they have to do to actually rebuild. They finally got rid of Adam Gase. That was step number one. And that was the biggest step. Huge that is step. Huge, huge yes, step. Absolutely. That is monumental. So the rebuild can actually start now. Uh, they are talking about moving on from Sam Darnold. You can get a haul back for him. I think he definitely is going to deserve at least a first-round pick. Um, they are losing Brashard Perryman, Patrick Onwasar. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Marcus May, Joe Flacco, please retire. And Frank Gore, what a awesome career. He is most likely retiring. Um Guys, the Jets, $75.5 million in cap space. They have the number two overall pick and number 23 overall pick. Robert Sala is head coach. What do they got to do? Tell me. I think their biggest issues are the offense. I know that defense wasn't fantastic either, but you need you need good players at every single skill position. So two, you probably go out and get a quarterback. I think that'd be your right move. And then at 23, this receiver class is deep. You probably get a wide receiver. You have $75 million in cap space. You try to go out there and either get a running back. You might even see like a James Conner on the market like we were talking about before. Or you try to go for him in the draft as well. You just need to start building skill position players. They've been trying to live on wide receiver two and three and a system that's been awful for way too long and running running backs out there like Frank Gore or other teams scrap running backs. I think you need to actually see players who are more consistently good. I don't want to hit on like a Brashad Perryman, even for example, but like he's not a number one receiver and you're trying to run people out there like that, that are should be number one receiver. And that's, what's not working on top of the system, just being poor with Adam Gase. There just needs to be a whole culture change and you need to try to get some 
top end talent in there on the offense. Yeah, for me, I think priority one should be re-signing Marcus May. They got to keep that free agent in-house. He's a very good safety. Uh, definitely the leader on that defense. I know I'm going to say this until I'm inevitably proved wrong that Sam Darnold should stay. Now, I don't whether they take a guy like Penny Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon at number two, they trade back for a team that wants to come up for Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever the quarterback is, move back, but get, get another offensive lineman, pair him with Makai Becton, get your bookend ends, get some wide receiver help. You mentioned, you know, Brashad Perryman was almost their number one guy. You know, they have Jamison Crowder, who's a very good slot receiver. They have Denzel Mim, who flashed last year. Go out and get, you know, a guy. We talked about Juju Smith-Schuster. Again, he's, in my opinion, another another very good number two. But a guy like Allen Robinson, I think, would make a ton of sense. The only reason I'm moving Sam Darnold is if I can go get Deshaun Watson. Now, if I can get you Darnold and my number two pick for Deshaun Watson or my number two and number 23 pick for Deshaun Watson and then flip Darnold somewhere else, I'll do that for Deshaun Watson. But there's not a quarterback in this draft outside of Trevor Lawrence that I would give up on Sam Darnold for. Now, again, I'm probably going to be wrong on that. I'm sure the we'll post this podcast and they'll be like, and the Jets have traded Sam Darnold because that seems how it works. But I think the quarterback is good enough. Go get some wide receivers, get some cornerbacks, then work on your defense. I don't think this team's competing next year. I love the Robert Sala head coach hire this team. I, I feel like I say this about the Jets every year. Same. The Jets are two years away. I feel like I've been on that hype train for 10 years now, uh, but the Jets are two years away. I'm going to say it again, uh, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, Sam Darnold sticks around, but as you guys predicted last week, it probably won't happen. Cody, I couldn't agree more. I hope that Sam Darnold does stick around. I think he's kind of gotten the short end of the stick. I don't know how you can be expected to succeed at quarterback with that head coach and that team around you that he has had these last few years. So I'd love to see him stay and get another shot. I'm not sure if they're going to do it or not, but I would love to see it. But guys, speaking of a team that has a quarterback that we're wondering if he's going to stick around, let's go ahead and move on to our next team in the NFC East, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak Prescott is a pending free agent, and he is one of the most interesting cases of this offseason because, you know, he is one of the guys that half of the media thinks he's an amazing quarterback and deserves big money. The other half thinks he's overrated and doesn't deserve anything. And, you know, he's shown his ups and downs this season. And then he got hurt early. It was a very up and down big season for Dak. And then he had that horrific leg injury. He should be back next season. I'm not sure if he'll be back for week one or not, but he will be back next season. Guys, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they just franchise tag him? Do you think they move on from him? What do you think he deserves? What do you think they should do? I think they should franchise tag him and then sign him to a long-term extension. I don't think you should mess around with letting him hit free agency, tag him, say, this is we're franchising, tagging you, and we're going to work on a deal. I think that's the smart play. Now, as someone who is not a huge fan of the Dallas Cowboys, if they want to let Dak Prescott walk, I'm okay with that because when the Dallas Cowboys are losing – Makes me feel better. If they do let Dak Prescott walk, he's going to New England. I'm telling you that right now. So Dak will either be a Cowboy mm -hmm. or a Patriot. Those are the only two teams I even see him being a quarterback for. Uh, but, you know, they also are losing Andy Dalton. So they got to find at least someone to come in and play quarterback. 
I don't think Ben DiNucci's going to do it, guys. I don't think Ben DiNucci's going to do it. I think Lies. that will be back. He's I got it. Another Go. time. They... Now I just can't. I keep thinking the TikTok you know, rush. Boys, he could be the answer. Kellen Moore is going to, you know, pull the scene from the longest yard where he runs into the locker room and puts in on a, a jersey and, and goes in for the last play to uh, to win the game and then gets hurt. But uh, let's not talk about sports movies right now because we need to stay on topic. Just a few other notable free agents. Uh, Cam Irving, their tackle. Sean Lee, outside linebacker. I don't think he's coming back. I mean, he's been a staple of the Dallas team forever, uh, but he can't stay healthy, and I imagine they finally move on for him. And a guy that I'm not 100% sure on, but Chidobi Awuze, cornerback. He's had some bright moments. He's had some down moments. He is still pretty young, so a guy they might try to keep. But cornerbacks often tend to get paid way too much in free agency, so I definitely could see a team spending up to get him. But again, you know, there's another team. We talked about it last week while we did a whole episode on quarterbacks. Once they figure out the quarterback, which it should be Dak, uh, this team can move on. And, you know, I think a lot of – people are forgetting on how well the offense looked those first four weeks. Uh, I mean, granted, their defense was terrible. They had to make a lot of comebacks because of their defense, but they were scoring points. Dak was on a historic pace for passing yards. And, you know, shout out to big Mike McCarthy down there in Dallas. He's a pretty good head coach. They have a top 10 pick. We'll see what they do with that. Uh, Dallas definitely, as much as I hate to say it, should be on the – the upcoming they should be on the up and up hopefully they're not though but that's dallas is gonna maybe maybe dallas with dallas and then can't seem to win but <laughs> yeah cody i mean I definitely dak prescott is the guy to keep an eye on um he is the piece that you know if they can bring him back and sure up that defense they could be the best team in that division which is not me saying that the cowboys are good that division is horrible um but Honestly, the biggest piece to watch is Dak. So let's go ahead and move on to a team that's a little more interesting, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Guys, the Eagles have a projected negative $41 million in cap space. They do have the sixth overall pick. Uh, Projected free agents, we have tackle Jason Peters, tackle slash guard, depending on what he wants to play this week. Uh, Jalen Mills, the safety slash corner, because Eagles love moving guys around. Um, we have Nickel Roby Coleman, the corner. Nate Sudfeld, the quarterback. Carson Wentz, we're looking at him being traded. Richard Rodgers, Corey Clement, Boston Scott. George, I'm just going to let you take this one away. Tell us what the Eagles need to do to go back to being competitive. First things first, sure up the quarterback position. Figure out where you want to go. As much as I've wanted Carson Wentz to stay, I think Carson Wentz needs to move. You need to put your confidence in Jalen Hurts. Do not get back um, Nick Foles in that trade. Do not do that because that'll just make things even worse again. And I mean, I think it's just pieces around here and there otherwise. Um, You're going to need to probably bring in another tight end because you're losing Richard Rodgers and you're going to probably be trading away Zach Ertz to get under the cap. So you still got a starter in Dallas Goddard, but you're probably looking for somebody else in the draft or another value blocking tight end. You need some help in the secondary. I would not be shocked if they bring back Roby Coleman or Mills, but they still need somebody else to complement Darius Slay a little bit more consistently. And wide receivers. It's I'm a broken record every single year with them. It seems like wide receivers. Ever since they broke up Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin, 
they've been searching for consistency at wide receiver. It seems like ever since, and they have so many guys who are like potential to break out, but none of them ever break out. Hopefully Jalen Rager can turn it into something more next season. Maybe you see a little bit more Travis Fulgham again, but he disappeared after the injury, after uh, all the people started coming back healthy and they started playing Alshon Jeffrey again, which makes no sense to me. And how they get under the cap is going to be interesting to me. I think the Wentz move and a Zach Ertz move, as well as maybe trying to cut ties with Alshon Jeffrey, gets them close. But they're just in so much cap trouble. They might want to try to, you know, junk it for a year or two, do a little bit of a retool, put your faith in Jalen Hurts and see what happens. Yeah, George, I don't understand how they're going to get under the cap without some major cuts. I don't understand the point of moving on from Carson Wentz other than he wants out. His his dead cap number is more than what his actual cap number would be if they do cut him. So that would just seem like a move in the wrong direction, but it probably will happen. There's so many rumors going on now. Plus, Jalen Hurts is already planning on bringing all the, the Philadelphia wide receivers together for some offseason workouts. Seems like he's preparing to be the week one starter there. You mentioned guys, you know, like Nicole Roby Coleman. I think I, I don't, I'm not even going to pretend that I just didn't mess that up. We'll just pretend I got it right. But, I think he's a guy that should be brought back because, you know, they need pieces in that secondary outside of Darius Slay. It's just where are they going to – how are they going to pay for him is my biggest question. You know, Zach Ertz, I think, is pretty much – he's gone. Either traded or cut because they just have so much cap space. They wanted to move him last year. He'll save him a, a few million dollars. I think this team is going to look completely different next year. It could be – a year or two to their back competing. Uh, I know you're not a huge fan of the head coaching hire. The whole Howie Roseman head coach uh, dynamic seems iffy there in Philly. This team, it is crazy how this team won a Super Bowl three years ago and how now they're a team that like is on the level of how bad the Cleveland Browns were or how bad the Houston Texans are right now. It's just crazy on how fast they have fallen. And for all the listeners out there, there's not much I can tell you if you're an Eagles fan on how you're going to fix your team because we'd be here for three more hours going through every player on who should be cut, who shouldn't be. Uh, so I think the Eagles are in for a long haul. Eagles fans are familiar with their basketball and trust the process. Well, Philly fans, get ready for that hashtag to come back. Yeah, Cody, you couldn't be more right there. I mean, honestly, I think it's only going to get worse before it gets better, which is saying a lot because I don't know how much worse it can really get. Um, but I think they're just going to have to clean house. They already got rid of Dougie P. Looks like they're going to move on from Carson Wentz. Like you said, I don't really see the reason you have to move on from Wentz, rather, unless you just really don't think he's the answer because it looked like he really wanted out because of Doug Peterson, and now Peterson's gone. So uh, he can stay if the new coach likes him. But honestly, yeah, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. But if there's any bright spot, look at how bad the Cleveland Browns were and look at how good they are now. Uh, like Cody mentioned, the, the Sixers, I mean, it got to a point where there was billboards saying, come to the game, we might break the all-time losing record. And uh, look at where they are now. They're a solid basketball team. So definitely trust the process. You can come back from this, I promise. I've been there with my Titans. I've seen them go 2-14. and 14. It's not fun, but they can rebuild. But it's going to be a painful process, guys. You can't be hung up on your 
players that are from the Super Bowl era, from your Super Bowl team. And I think that was a big part of the Eagles' downfall is they were just too in love with certain players and couldn't move on from them. So I think you're just going to have to cut ties. The fans might not love it, but you got to do what's best for your football team in the long run. Definitely agree there. It's going to be interesting to see how this offseason shakes out, and it's going to be one of the teams with the biggest new identity coming into next season. But sticking in that awful division, let's go to the New York Giants, who have a couple of key pieces coming off of um, free agency. Leonard Williams, Kyler Fackrell on the defense, uh, tackle Cam Fleming, back quarterback Colt McCoy, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, another big piece on the defensive line, and stud running back Wayne Gallman, who we'll see where he ends up in free agency now that they're not going to need him with Saquon Barkley coming back. What do you guys think that the Giants need to take the advantage in this very poor division? I wouldn't hate seeing him bring Wayne Gallman back. Like, I understand we are laughing about him because he's really not that impressive. But at the same time, he stepped in when Saquon went down and looked good. Um, Actually looked very impressive. He had won some guys some fantasy weeks because they were able to pick him up on free agency and plug him Mm -hmm. in. Uh, He's not a guy that you expected to do well, but he really did. And those are big shoes to fill to step in for a guy like Saquon Barkley. And if we're being honest, I think it would be in the Giants' best interest to keep a good backup because Saquon can be your franchise guy. He can be your bell cow guy that you hand it to every down and be happy. But he hasn't proven that he can really stay healthy for a full season. Uh, He is tough. He has come back from injuries faster than people in NFL history, but he still can't seem to stay consistently healthy. I think they need to shore up that backup running back position. They can't afford to just rely on Saquon and hope he stays healthy. Um, But honestly, the Giants are missing a lot of pieces. They need a few defensive pieces still for sure. Um, But I'm still not sold on Danny Penny's Daniel Jones. I'm not sold on him. I'm not sure how good he really is if he is going to be the guy to get it done for the Giants. And I mean, if you're the Giants, you have the 11th overall pick. You have, you know, that that's pretty good draft capital that you are able to trade up and go get a guy like a Trey Lance, uh, a Mac Jones, or one of those guys that might be better suited than Daniel Jones. Do you do you go ahead and make that move, or do you keep giving? Daniel Jones another chance and try to shore up the other pieces I think they're a year away from taking a quarterback I do think that they're gonna stick with Daniel Jones one more year now I do I completely understand you're questioning his abilities or his talents or uh you know at least he gave us the funniest play of the year with that 80 yard stumble should have been a touchdown but uh just uh the Eagles got lucky there surprise surprise uh but anyways back to the main talking point I think this team needs to focus on their defense. I think they need to prioritize re-signing Dalvin Tomlinson. I think he's a huge part of what they do up front. And then they got to find pass rushers. They haven't really had a pass rush since the days of Michael Strahan, Justin Tech, O.C. Yuminura. Now, Olivier Vernon did have a couple decent seasons, but they need to find a pass rusher or two or three. Uh, Kyler Fackrell didn't... <clears throat> He played okay, but he wasn't th- that guy that uh, you know maybe they were hoping for when they brought him in last season. Getting pass rushes, you know, getting some back end help uh, opposite of Bradbury at corner, some safeties after losing Landon Collin a few seasons ago. There's just there's so many pieces on that defense 
And, you know, this team was so close to actually winning this division, but they they still seem like a team that's so far away from winning a division. Again, it's just the NFC East. If this is my team, uh, if the draft falls in a way that I can do it, I'm probably picking, you know, 80% defensive players. You have D, you got Darius Slayton, you got Sterling Shepard, you got Evan Ingram. Your offensive line is improving. You have enough. You're getting Saquon back. Your offense is enough to at least compete in the NFC East. Go fix that defense. See what that team can do. Uh, the team seems to love Joe Judge, which is a plus. Uh, so hopefully he can rally the troops. The Giants, you know, I feel like I go back and forth 50-50 on how I feel about this team. I think, you know, one morning I wake up and I'm like, ah, the Giants, uh, they're in for another 5-12, and 12, or I guess it'd be 5-13 and 13 with the – no, 5-12 and 12 was right with the new game. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, well, maybe they'll be – Nine and seven, ten and six, or ten and seven. I guess with the the extra game going forward, it's just an interesting team. A lot of questions. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a struggle. Yeah, everyone's gonna say ten and six, and everyone's gonna know that's that's the standard to make the playoffs. And then there's an extra game in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, the problem is I, the Giants might not be a great team. Uh, so you do think about the Giants, and you're like, oh man, they're gonna be bad because it's the Giants. They don't have that many good pieces. But, you know, this division has been absolute garbage for two years now, and they get to play each team in this division twice a year. So, yeah, you say uh, the Giants might not be that good, but, you know, the Cowboys could easily pull a Cowboys and not resign or not franchise tag Dak Prescott, or he could not be healthy enough to start. Then the Cowboys are bad. There's two wins. Eagles, they are just an absolute dumpster fire right now. They are going to have to break before they can build. There's two more wins. Washington, I don't really know what to expect from them either. There can be two wins. So right there, six wins. They only need a few more from the rest of uh, their schedule to be able to look like a decent team. So I think a big reason why you're so wishy-washy on the Giants is this division. It's so easily winnable at this point. I mean, it's not really on their needs, but I think they could always use another offensive lineman or two as well. Um, just because I think if you look at the division, there's so many solid defensive linemen that like you can lose a game just because the Eagles defensive line, which is the only thing they've got left, starts going ham on you. Or Washington, who has the best defensive front in the division and maybe even in the conference, you could argue, starts going ham on you. It's just... If you're talking about you need to win your division games, which a lot of times that's the recipe for making the playoffs and you win your division games, I think they need to focus a little bit more on the offensive line, hope that Daniel Jones comes together, and then, like you said, 80% focus on your defense in the draft. I think you have a shot to make something happen short term, but I think they'd be more, if you give them two years and they actually do maybe find another quarterback and hit on some draft picks, they could actually maybe be a force. Maybe. I guess we'll have to, to wait and see. I don't really trust the Giants, uh, but you never know. But, you know, you mentioned the most dominant defensive line in the division, with the Washington football team. They have some big, notable free agents like guard Brandon Sheriff. He was a top guard in the league for many years. Uh, friend of the show, Mark D from the First and Ten Club's favorite player, Ryan Kerrigan's a free agent. Hopefully, if they let him go, he's not too heartbroken. Dustin Hopkins, you know, we talked about kickers at the beginning of the show. He's quietly been, you know, one of the most consistent pieces there in Washington. 
They do have a decent amount of cap space. I think the big question is, will Alex Smith retire? Will they let him go? I tend to think, you know, Alex Smith, you know, he he made his comeback. He won comeback player of the year. I think he accomplished his goal of getting back to league. I do tend to believe that he'll hang him up. You know, we did see him have some struggles with his calf injury during the, the playoffs. So I think Alex Smith will retire, which means they'll definitely need a quarterback. They'll be in the market for one. I know the Marcus Mariota rumors are hot for Washington football team. But I think the most important thing that they need to do this offseason is find a team name. What do you guys think? <laughs> that is definitely their number one team need at this point. Absolutely. Get a team name. I don't know. Washington said if they had a good run, they might just keep Washington football team. And it's so popular now because everyone's talking about it. Maybe we'll just keep it. And then, of course, they made the playoffs by default with an asterisk. But they made the playoffs. So, man, I could totally see them keeping this name for a while. But, uh, you know, in all seriousness, it, it, the Washington might be the most interesting team in this division because they did make the playoffs again, asterisk by default. Um, they do have the most cap space available right now out of this whole division. So they have the most room to make improvements in free agency. At the same time, they have the worst draft pick in the division by far. I mean, uh, the giants are second with pick 11, but, Washington has picked 19 because they made the playoffs. So they're not going to be able to build through the draft as much as the rest of the teams in this division, but they will be able to build in free agency better than the other teams in this division. So I think that their free agency is going to be a huge deciding factor on whether or not they are going to be the team to beat in the NFC East this season. Well, and I mean, Cody seems to believe that Alex Smith retires. I feel like there's an opening that... With how bad the division is, especially if the Cowboys go out and Cowboy and don't re-sign Dak, if Alex Smith comes back to Washington, they're a slam dunk for the division. They can try to make a playoff run. Because I think Alex Smith has proved time and time again how he comes in and he's not a flashy quarterback, but he just makes things work. And again this year, coming off a major leg injury, he comes in and he sparks the team and they go on a run to make the playoffs. And we forget at the beginning of the season, it was Philadelphia and Dallas on the top of the division. And they both fell off because Philly fell apart and Dak got hurt. And the Giants hung in there and Washington came from the bottom to the top. So I don't see why Alex Smith couldn't look at this and say, sure, I accomplished my goal, but I'm still under contract with Washington. Washington has got a decent team and the division stinks. I have a chance to make the playoffs and see if I can make some kind of magic happen. And I wouldn't be shocked if he could actually do it just from seeing his track record. Yeah. I mean, again, if, if Alex Smith comes back, he's definitely, you know, he's the opt, the op, optimal. I think optimal is the right word, but the optimal game manager. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over very often. He doesn't make bad plays. He does just enough to get your team wins. So if he does come back, I think that sets them up pretty well. Uh, we did talk about last week how they re-signed Taylor Heineke. You know, he looked really good in the playoffs team. You know, I mentioned when I talked about the Jets, I don't think they should move on for Sam Darnold. But if they do, I think Washington is a, is a great team for him to go to. They have some young pieces in Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson. They have a, defense, a decent offensive line and a solid defense. I think Sam Darnold would thrive there as well. Pretty much they have quarterback questions, but this is a team 
similar to the Miami Dolphins, how we talked about, their defense is already really good. The quarterback doesn't have to score 40 points a game. They got to score 20 points. So Alex Smith can do that. Maybe Taylor Heineke can do that. Maybe a rookie that they want to take. Maybe a guy like Mac Jones in the uh, near the middle of the first round. A lot of questions at quarterback, but I do think this team is definitely on the right uh, side of being a or right side of being a good fo- man. We have been talking way too long because now I'm getting all flustered. But anyways, <laughs> the Washington football team, I like them. I think they're going to win the division next year. That's my way too early. 2021 preseason prediction uh their defense is just too good and the rest of the division has way too many questions i think that's a good way to wrap up us talking about some teams outlooks for the offseason so why don't we go into a little bit of fun before we leave and have ourselves a little bit of a debate so this time we're going to have a little bit of a build your team we're giving each other 15 dollars in budget And we have to pick one of each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defensive line. So if you're watching us on YouTube, the graphic will be up on the screen as you can see who's available. I'll read it off really quick here for you. So in the $5 amount, we got Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, and Aaron Donald. $4, we got Josh Allen, the quarterback, Dalvin Cook, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller, and Chase Young. $3 $3 is Deshaun Watson, David Montgomery, Chris Godwin, TJ Hawkinson, and Joey Bosa. $2, we got Joe Burrow, Raheem Mostert, Allen Robinson, Dallas Goddard, and Fletcher Cox. And then your discount $1, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, J.K. Dobbins, Chase Claypool, Mike Gusecki, and Yannick Ngakwe. Tyler, why don't you start us off with who you would go with to fill your $15 budget? All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go ahead and obviously start off with the most important position, and that is quarterback. Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers is definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Josh Allen is one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Deshaun Watson has the arm. He has the leg. But I'm going to go with the $2 option. Most important position, I'm going the $2 guy, and that is Joe Burrow. Because, honestly, I don't feel like he's that much below all these other guys uh, talent-wise. He played on a terrible, terrible Bengals team this season and still got it done. He was still exciting. He was still one of the most fun quarterbacks to watch in the league. I think that he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks um, for a long time, so I don't think I'm dropping off by taking the $2 guy here. Moving on to running back, man, it's so hard not to take Derrick Henry. He's my favorite player uh, in Titans history, and I love the guy with all my heart, but you know I got to save a buck, so I'm going to drop down one, and I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. I don't feel like David Montgomery, Raheem Mostert, or J.K. Dobbins are good enough to be able to make my team, uh, but I do think that Dalvin Cook is definitely a great running back that you can lean on, so I'm going with him. Over on the wide receiver, I debated this one quite a bit. I love Allen Robinson. I don't think he's that much below Chris Godwin being the $2 guy, uh, but I did end up going with Chris Godwin. I think he's a little bit more dynamic. He's got a little bit more speed. I think you can hit that guy deep or you can hit him in the slot. Uh, Honestly, after Chris Godwin's playoff catch against the Packers, I feel like that was all I needed to see to shore him up as my wide receiver in this pick them game moving on to tight end we're going to keep this moving along i am going with dallas goddard at first i had tj hawkinson i love the guy but i really don't think goddard is that much below tj hawkinson he's a 
solid guy. Uh, he's not going to be blowing people away like Travis Kelsey, but he is definitely a sure-handed guy that when you need a safety net, you can throw it to. When you get down to the red zone, you need that guy that you can rely on to throw it to in the end zone. Goddard's there. He's a solid, solid tight end. No issues there. And to finalize this up, if you have been keeping count, if you have been calculating, you already know who my pick is. Uh, but in case you have not been doing the math in your head, I'm going with the $4 guy in Chase Young. We saw him this year. He was exciting. Defensive rookie of the year. He had, I mean, he didn't lead the league in sacks or anything, but he had pressure almost every play. He was a game wrecker. And I think that Chase Young is definitely worth the $4. I am willing to take some hits on the offensive side to take a guy like that. Anytime you can get into quarterback's face, you can cause um, mistakes and that's how you win games. So there is my team guys. Cody, who do you got? All right. So for me, it's all about getting the best deals. Uh, and I'm going to start at quarterback and getting Deshaun Watson for $3 is an incredible steal. So I will lock Deshaun Watson in as my quarterback. Now with running back, I too was, wish I could take Derrick Henry because the dude is a monster. But, you know, Dalvin Cook is just right up there. And if he's a dollar cheaper, I'll take Dalvin Cook. So that puts me up to $7. For my wide receiver, again, I'm going for the best value for the, the money. I think Allen Robinson is an incredible talent at wide receiver. And for him to only be worth $2, sign me up. Now, it was very hard not to take my boy, Devontae Adams. But I got to save money somewhere, so I'll take Allen Robinson. Tight ends, this threw me for a loop a little bit. I was struggling back and forth on this one. Originally, I was going to take TJ Hawkinson, but I'm going to pivot last second. Again, taking a huge value. I'm going to take Mike Gusecki. The dude has great hands. He's very underrated. He made a lot of Tua's, you know, errant throws into spectacular catches this offseason. He's a very good tight end. So I'll do the quick math in my head, but that should leave me with. Ooh, wow. Dead air because Cody can't do $5 remaining, which means I get the best defensive player in the league (laughs) and Aaron Donald. So the pivot helped me out there. You know, I, I think Joey Bosa is the forgotten Bosa brother with how Nick, but he's still very good. Uh, Who would have been my original pair up with TJ Hawkinson. But now that I saved money, I'm going to add Aaron Donald to my team. So just to recap, it's Deshaun Watson, Dalvin Cook, Allen Robinson, Mike Gusecki, and Aaron Donald. All right, Cody, not a bad choice there. I do like your pivot, actually. Uh, So for my team here, I am going to agree with Tyler and go with the value pick at quarterback and take Joe Burrow. Young guy is a beast. I think he's going to be good for years to come for my team right here. And at running back, I guess I'm going to be the only one to not take Dalvin Cook, but I'm not going Derrick Henry either. I was very tempted to take him as well as you guys, but I'm actually going to go with David Montgomery. Montgomery, when he finally started to get touches this year, he started to really show how good he is, I think. And if we put him on a team without Tariq Cohen long term, I think he can really be a force in this league for years to come. So I'm going to stick with David Montgomery And then wide receivers where I spend a lot of my money. I'm going to take the $5 value. I'm going to go for Cody's boy, Devontae Adams. I love all the receivers on this board, but I just wanted somebody reliable to hook up with Joe Burrow. 
So Devontae Adams is the guy, sure-handed. He can have, he can be open for Burrow and catch anything. So then I have to get a little bit more value here to make myself back. So it's going to be Dallas Goddard at tight end. I debated Hawkinson, but I don't think there's much of a drop-off there. As much as I like the Kelsey Waller, I just couldn't do it with my budget. So Dallas Goddard's the guy. And that leaves me with $3. So I'm going to go with that Bosa brother that's forgotten, and that's Joey Bosa. He did have a little bit of a down year this year, and he has been overshadowed by Nick, but he's still a beast. $3 in value for Joey Bosa. I'm not going to complain about that at all. I think you guys have some great teams. You know, your your biggest question is, is your quarterback going to be healthy? Uh, I think we're all going to actually assume that Burrow will be healthy. Uh, but if he's not, my team wins by default. So I think that's <laughs> all I got to say. And I just won the debate. Uh, no, your team does not. The quarterback win doesn't even have a team, man. Editor, cut it here. <laughs> Stop the count. All right, guys. Well, that is our game. Like George said, we are going to have this up. Obviously, we've had this up on the YouTube video. If you're following us on social media, you will see this, uh, the same exact build your team thing posted on social media. So let us know who you would pick. Uh, Also, let us know who won out of us and let us know why it's me. Uh, Let us know why George has the worst team. David Montgomery, what are you doing? So absolutely, let us know. Get involved. Pick your own team. We are curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, guys, so that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks, as always, for checking out the Couch GMS podcast. Please let us know your thoughts on social. If you just listening to the podcast version, leave a comment. Give us a five-star review. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And thanks for listening. And thank you one more time for listening to the Couch GMS podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth, and we will see you all next week. Oh. Oh,